You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. All right, all right, all right. We got... Nick, I am showing go live, and uh, we got some regulars pop in. I see EJ, I see Jeremy, I see US Dave. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what's what's going on? What's what's happened since uh, since we last saw you? No, uh, just kidding. When 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 Nick and I got off the show on Tuesday, uh, we said we mentioned something like, you know, what what we want to talk about. I said, oh, so, something's going to happen in the next forty eight hours that will dominate the news, and sure enough. Uh, this this is national news, you know, when an NFL team makes a, a names a starting quarterback, it becomes national news. So actually, here in Atlanta, Drew Locke Locke was trending on on my Twitter profile. So uh, it was definitely national news. Um, I stopped in last night on the Mile High Huddle broadcast, and uh, the the reaction there it it surprised me a little bit. It it really did, Nick. It was um it was rage. It was outrage that Vic Fangio could possibly choose Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. And I have to tell you, the reaction, I was shocked. It was shocking to me. I was actually a little nervous. I'm like, am I allowed to come in here and be positive about Teddy Bridgewater? I, I think I think our morning show will be okay. What do you think? Should we, should we put a toe in the water first? You know, uh, I think people are going to feel however they feel, right? The fan is short for fanatic. Um, so we have some fanaticism here when it comes to the quarterback decision. And I think a lot of people, it was uh, it was a reaction to the likely reality that what this means for the Broncos long term. And it means right back in the same place, probably, you know, less than a year from now, back in the quarterback market, looking for a quarterback. So a lot of people were hoping that maybe Drew Locke could be the guy. Um he was given ample opportunity. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's only 18 games. Most guys don't get 18 games. Even second-round picks, they don't get 18 games. Um, and he had a chance this offseason again. The Broncos could have brought in a, vet, a different veteran that could have drafted a quarterback. They gave Drew Locke a chance. Um, so, you know. Well, and here's the thing I want to hesitate with, Nick, is we're talking about this in the past tense, and we're using phrases like yes. gave and had. It ain't over. No, it's you not. Know, we've, been, we've been saying that from the beginning. This quarterback competition is not going to end. Every single broadcast that we've gone on here and talked about quarterbacks, we've said the same thing. This is not going to stop first week of the year, second week of the year, unless someone goes out and wins four or five in a row with 12 touchdowns and an interception and just absolutely owns the job. I'm not sure either of these quarterbacks are capable of of having a run like that. Um, History shows if it's going to be one of them, it will be more than likely be Teddy Bridgewater, who is the more consistent of the two. But this this quarterback competition, it's I don't think it's over for Drew Locke personally. No, it's not. And I mean, Teddy's had injuries. This team could, you know, get off the wrong foot, or you have a couple of games where Teddy's out. So I don't think it's uh, time to put Drew Locke completely to bed. However, I do think that his his chances to be the team's franchise quarterback long-term, they, they had to have taken a hit, right? Like yeah. just, this is how they view him. Um, he wasn't good enough to beat Teddy. And with how some people in Broncos country view Teddy, I mean, that probably speaks some volumes as well as to how the Broncos uh, view Locke. But I honestly think it's, it's not about Locke. It's about Teddy. It's, mm-hmm. It should be about Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, you've talked about it on here ample times. Um, Teddy is uh, an incredible leader. Um, people love him. People gravitate towards him. 
Um, people make a lot of excuses for box struggles last year, but if you look at any player, you could honestly dig down and have make excuses for why they haven't performed. You do that with Teddy as well. I mean, he almost had his goddamn leg amputated for that injury. Um, the went to the saints had was really good, but obviously they're going to go back to drew Brees, hall of fame, first ballot hall of fame, one of the best ever. Um, and the first time he's really kind of underwhelmed uh, to expectations was his Carolina team, but he had a leg injury that first 10 weeks. He was pretty darn good. He was a top 16 quarterback. Um, and then after the leg injury, he fell off. Um, so, you know, there's there's reason to be cautiously optimistic about Teddy Bridgewater and this team. And it, for me, again, it's not as much and it never was as much about the quarterbacks for this team. It's about what's around the quarterbacks. This team is built up to have the quarterback. You just need a Rajon Rondo. You don't need a Russell Westbrook. You don't need a Seth Curry. You don't need Damian Lillard. You need you need Rajon Rondo with the Celtics. Get the ball to Paul Pierce. Get the ball to Kevin Garnett. Get the ball to Ray Allen and good things can happen. Well, and, and the hard part about this conversation right now, I feel like, is trying to, to compare Teddy with Drew last year because mm. all of the discussions are completely forgetting Drew last year. You know, they're like, well, we hope this is what he's going to be like. He yeah. should progress in this direction and he's got the ability to do all this stuff. So you can't really say, well, you know, like, you know, I was they're talking about oh, Teddy Dink and Dunk Bridgewater. I'm like, his average yards per completion, not just attempt, was going to be higher because he throws, he's, he's more accurate. But com- per completion wasn't that far off from Drew Locke last year. No. But then you throw that out. Then you, you get into the voodoo of this. Well, you know, we're not comparing Drew Locke this year to Drew Locke last year because Drew yeah. Locke last year we know wasn't good enough. And, you know, I, I almost look at this a little bit like let's let's take a look and say this could be a placeholder. You know, we, we've talked about Drew Locke's an experience. We've talked about not having a preseason. Well, this is his first preseason. Maybe he's not ready. You know, yeah. maybe this is a way to, to get him some extra time in a, in a low-pressure situation where he could still take over down the road. We've seen it before, right? Yep. You know, and I don't, I don't know if that's the case. And we've, we said this. The first thing we said when Teddy, if Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback of this team, wins the job outright, and is a quarterback of this team, then the Broncos are, are, are going to have a new starter in 2023. They probably yep. draft a guy or get a guy in free agent in 2022, unless they can go out and get in. And we can talk about that too. You know, unless you go out and, and, and get a, a, a big free agent, or, or make a, a blockbuster trade, trade for, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a top-end starter, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers, or, you know, Matt Ryan, then then Teddy holds the hold, keeps the room warm in 2022 for whoever's going to be your starter in 2023 or, or someone along those, those lines. And I think that is what is as discouraging for Broncos fans as anything. It's like, man, we want this position sorted. And this is just more – just more question marks. Chain water. You know, the, 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 what we what we've asked before, what we said before about the preseason games is the questions that have been asked of the quarterbacks thus far have been answered flying colors. But mm-hmm. there's more questions. There's a lot of big questions to come once we start playing games. Yep. And I want to put a pin in that real quick because we got to say hello to everybody. This is obviously Broncos for breakfast. Um, you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Uh, you can also, while you guys are over on Twitter, follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, make sure you guys go click those. Uh, you can see all the latest content that's coming on there, not only live streams, but articles galore. Um, a lot of pe- content producers there. So a lot of good stuff and a lot of different uh, a lot of different flavors of ice cream, right? You have some people that are, you know, over uh, very upset about Drew Locke, probably writing some stuff about that. They have some people who are just excited about the defense and get the ball rolling for some 
competitive football. Gosh, I can't even remember the last time the Broncos played competitive football beyond Halloween. So I think we're going that direction this year. Let's get that. I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm trying to be a positive here. Um, if you guys are over on Facebook, click those thumbs up. We got the wow react coming in from Tim Durr. We got a care react coming in from DeAndre Weatherspoon. Um, and we have some hearts coming in, Holden Adams, Kareem Gomez, Gary Leeds Palmer, Greg Smith, Dave Glassman, and some likes from Travis Weber, David Marker, Leroy Williams, Rob Williams, and Walter Doser. Oh, another like coming in there, Victor Rios. Thank you guys very much. While you're over there on Facebook, after you click the thumbs up, make sure you head on over to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Become a supporter. Um, join in the conversation there. If you are, you know, raging against the machine that is the Broncos and Vic Fangio, you know, let it be known. Voice your comments. You're going to find some people who share an opinion with you there. Or if you're somebody who's saying, you know, let's give Teddy a chance. This is going to be a fun team this year. Um, they got great weapons, could have a top three defense. You know, all Teddy has to do is get the ball to playmakers and good things can happen. Go voice your opinion. Um, if you guys are joining us on Facebook today, please subscribe, like, and share. Also go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. If you guys have not done so yet, Scott has a lot of good content there. Um, a lot of good videos uh, for your football fans in general. So uh, I've been adding, I've been adding some of our stuff, Nick, you know, just good. some of the, some of the quick takes that we have on there, just, you know, cross promote the show a little bit. And sometimes it's easier to take little bites of Broncos for breakfast instead of the whole, you know, buffet, you know, some, some people might just like a, a little snack in the morning to get their day going. An espresso, if you will, something a little caffeinated, a little. <laughs> yeah, perky. I go for the big twenty ounce. Yeah, me, me too. I make half a pot every morning, and uh, whew, I feel pretty good after that. Um, I needed, I needed this mug last night, going into the going into the into the mile high huddle chat. It was ugly, man. It was ugly. It was. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that we can have a little bit uh, calmer heads prevailing here and uh, have a real discussion. Last night, um, everybody was obviously high emotion, and obviously mm-hmm. with uh, Chad and Zach, they're very much. Uh, pulling for Drew Locke, and uh, they've had the people who have um, circled that wagon with them. Um, so, you know, that was lashing out last night, and I think that was, uh, you know, they're, they're upset, and that was an emotional response, but I think we're all going to get back on the same page here and uh, hopefully focus on the common enemy that will be the New York Giants coming up here soon. But let's hello, say hello to the chat. Um, we got Jeremy Sean coming in here. Good morning, fellows. Well, kind of good, I guess. About three-yard gain on a check down good. <laughs> Um, is that three air yards with uh, room to run afterwards? Because uh, I don't know if you remember the 2013 offense or the uh, many years of Tom Brady with the Patriots. I would say but, Tom uh, Brady's made a living on that. I mean, that's enough, enough to get the goat. Now, granted, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is not those guys. Uh, pre-snap read, accuracy, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you can win football games that gay. You, you can win football games that way. Um, EJ, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. U.S. Dave's in the house. He's in it. He's in. Um, he says, also says, morning, fellas. Bronco, our uh, morning fellow Bronco for breakfast, breakfasters. I think that's it. The, the Breakfast Club. There we go. Uh, Jay Roper coming in here. Hello. Good to see you, Jay. Um, we also have EJ's in the house. Teddy Two Gloves gives the Broncos the best chance to win games. Let's win some games. Honestly, I, I'm really hoping that we do win some games. Um, the Broken Pirates over on Twitch. Hello to our Twitch listeners. Uh, let's go, Teddy. You're the guy and let's get it done. Amen. Let's 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 hope it's uh, let's hope it's good news here. Um, Javante Williams, yes, Royce Freeman, no, <laughs> coming in here over on YouTube. I wonder uh, where he stands in the running back position. Damn, Bridgewater done did it. I'm sorry for Locke, though. Bridgewater must do good and take us to a Super Bowl. Oh, man, if you're a Super Bowl or bust is your, uh, is your I guess, threshold of your expectations this year, I'm a little bit worried for you and everybody. But, uh, hey, man, get in the playoffs. Anything can happen. Tim Durr's in the house. Morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. 
Good to see you. Ken Booker is in the house. Uh, good morning. Teddy Bridgewater reminds me of 2016 Simeon. I hope he proves me wrong and throws 25 plus touchdowns. Um, he should be better than Simeon. And also this roster is better than um, that 2016 team, in in my opinion. And the big thing is, well, I'm, I'm not the biggest believer in what I've seen so far with the offensive line. That 2016 offensive line was really bad. So uh, hopefully it'll be better. And, and it's just a deeper team as well. Leroy Williams is in the house. Uh, problem I have with the fan base is that they criticize Drew Locke since he has been here. The fans don't like him, but they wanted him to start. Why? I think you're talking about different fans there, buddy. I wouldn't lump them all together. Obviously, some people have been critical of Locke, but some people think he's, you know, compare him constantly to John Elway or Peyton Manning or Josh Allen. You know, like that's, there's different, uh, different folks there. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get back into the chat here. Uh, or back into the conversation. So obviously Drew Locke losing out to Teddy Bridgewater. Big news. We're going to focus on that mostly today, unless Super Chats direct us a different way. Um, but I want to focus more on Teddy Bridgewater. What does this mean for the Broncos week one? What does it mean for the offense? What does it mean for Vic Fangio? And uh, just in general, the weapons. I mean, it's, there's ramifications here beyond, you know, Drew Locke losing the the gig here. Well, one of the <clears throat> one of the comments I saw was, you know, one of the talking points last night was this is a purely a Vic Fangio trying to save his skin job. You know, he's coaching for his job. This is what he wants to do to win. Um, one of my questions is, you know, if, if he thinks Teddy Bridgewater gives you the best chance to win right now, don't you want him to go that way? Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. You know, maybe you you think that towards the end of the season, as it gets, you're going to need you're going to need Drew Locke. I don't know, but two, you know who else thinks win now? Players. Yeah, players think win now. They don't give a damn about building for the future. You don't hear them ever say. You never hear general managers, personnel people say rebuild. They don't say it because they'll lose a team right away. Do you not think the players would have a revolt if they didn't believe in Teddy Bridgewater here? Yeah. You know, I think I think they were fairly comfortable with either guy going in, at least publicly speaking. Mm -hmm. But I think the players are going to be pretty comfortable playing with, with Teddy Bridgewater under the helm. If you guys are fantasy football listeners, dynasty, whatever, buy all the stock in uh, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, maybe even Noah Fant too, because while Drew Locke is probably, you know, going to make some more explosive plays down the field. Um, and maybe this is, I was already trending down on Cortland Sutton given the injury, but uh, Teddy's going to get these, these guys the ball in space, in time, right reads. Uh, so should be great. Um, and Walter coming in here, higher ceiling. Why do we want Teddy? Um, well, what actually is a higher ceiling in this team? I keep coming back to basketball, but let's say you're, you have a team, a point guard, who uh, is surrounded by all pros and this point guards going in, going down the floor and chucking up threes immediately before passing it to the superior talent around him in this team, the way it's built right now, you need just, you just need to get the ball to the weapons. Now, are you, is it going to be a top five offense? No, it wasn't going to be a top five offense with Drew either. Probably very, very likely. Um, but if the quarterback can protect the football, get the ball to the right guys in time and just let them do the work, make him look good that should be more than enough with the way this team is built right now. So I look at what he did with new Orleans as a yes. starting quarterback. And I, I've got Teddy's, you know, uh, year by year numbers up right now. And he was five and Oh, you know, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. Eight touchdowns in five games. Okay. You know, might like to see a little bit more, but only one interception, you know? So he was throwing 250, 250 a game, 275 a game, touchdown and half a game and not giving the ball away and winning. Win, won all the starts, 5-0 and as a starter in New Orleans. This is going to be the best set of weapons, I think, that he's had in his career. Hmm. Um, 
Now, it's funny. I think it might have been uh, somebody on here posted, and I apologize. I, I don't have your name talking about, um, you know, getting down a couple of touchdowns and having to rely on him to bring you back. I tell you, when Teddy is at his best, put four wide out and let him call the plays at the line of scrimmage. Teddy is best in a two-minute offense, you know, is is moving guys down, playing against those defenses that want to – that give you, you know, a little bit. They, they say it to prevent, only prevent you from winning. But Teddy's at his best in a two-minute offense because he thinks so fast. He's got a quarterback brain, makes the right read, and gets the ball out in a hurry. That's when getting the ball out to a guy seven, eight yards at a time, getting out route 12 yards first down on three, four seconds, that's when Teddy's at his best. So – yeah. Uh, and that's how I explained it when he was when he was coming up, because, you know, he doesn't look all that great compared to some of these guys, the way he throws the ball and stuff. And when he was in high school, someone said, just explain it to me, Scott, what are you watching? I said, put him in a two minute drill, put four wide out, let him go to work. You'll see what I see. Um, so he's at his best when he's moving fast and, and when times of the essence. Yeah, did struggle there last year. Um, but to be fair, and again, is it excuse or is it reason for the team or for Bridgewater struggling, but uh, that was a pretty poor offensive line. Carolina was terrible. They were very, they were terrible. They had the youngest defense in football. I mean, the first team ever to use every single draft pick on the defensive side of the ball. Um, And uh, Joe Brady, I know he came in with a lot of hype, but that offense did not look very good. So that was, that was a little strange to me also. What has Joe Brady done for more than, you know, a half a season to, to get all of that hype? Everybody wants to find the next young. You know, everybody's looking for the next Sean McVay, but man, Sean McVay's a unicorn. Yep. You know, yeah, he also uh, got his. Little, that, that, that whole thing was, a, you know, he started getting mentioned with the Atlanta Falcons job. I'm like, no, God, no, he's 32 years old. He'll be calling Matt Ryan, sir. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Mr. Stern McLovin coming in. Good morning, fellas. Good to see you. Andrew Morrow's in the house as well. Good to see you, Andrew. And he says, uh, if it'll come up. I swear to God, I'm clicking it. Okay, I don't know what's going on. Um, he said that. Uh, oh, I think he froze a little bit. So there is also Travis has a comment here. I can't click on you. Travis Weber says, Scott, you also need to consider Sean Payton was calling plays when Teddy was a saint. Not dissing Payton, but Shermer is no Payton. Well, that's not on Teddy. And, and Sean Payton is a hell of a football coach. He's he's kind of an ass, but that's okay. I don't I don't need to love him. Um, he's, uh, he's, a he's a really good, really good football coach. And so, you know, do you, do you put a knock on Teddy because the offensive guy isn't that great? Does that make Drew Locke better somehow? You know, that, that, that's an argument that doesn't necessarily wash with me. Um, you know, and, and in a two minute drill, there's a lot more reacting instead of planning. And like I said, that's when that when, when, when Teddy's allowed to run the show, he's, he's, he's pretty good. And like I said, yeah. he's going to have more weapons and I think he, he may have ever had that Saints team's usually pretty loaded on offense but he's going to have as many weapons with Denver as he's he's had in his career yeah that Saints team had a better offensive line um they have one of the best ones in football but that's a, that's a big one there um Greg Smith in the house good morning fellas breakfast Hello, time I. there you go um we also have Travis coming in Travis always very generous with the stars over on Facebook um Travis says good morning Nick and Scott moving forward let's go get some wins but just wanted to know as we move forward what does this spell out for Drew? Um, hopefully we answered that a little bit earlier, but uh, this isn't the end for Drew. Um, it might be the end for his chances of being a franchise quarterback in Denver. Um, I was already on that train thinking that was probably not likely given what we'd seen so far. Um, but I think this is probably a, as close to a nail in a coffin for that as possible. But if Teddy gets hurt and Drew comes in and balls out and, you know, this is like kind of the like, oh my gosh, well, 
I guess I wasn't good enough. I'm gonna have to work that much harder to be that guy. And it's something that clicks for him. That's there's a reality out there where that happens. So um, it's uh, it's not over for Drew. And I also I want to give a shout out to Drew Locke for um, how incredible he was yesterday at the podium. Um, a lot of grace, a lot of uh, dignity um, in answering the reporters uh, questions and whatnot and talking about his journey and what it means so far. So uh, he's I understand why people are heart- heartbroken because he speaks so well. He seems like a genuinely good guy. Um, but you know, this is where we're at right now. Uh, Max power coming in with a $2 pa- or excuse me, two pounds um, saying morning guys, which giants cornerbacks match up on which wide receiver? Well, now we're talking a little bit here. So um, the, obviously you have James Bradbury, um, Jackson. we changed direction so fast on that one. Thank you, Max. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you'll see James Bradbury match up on whoever the X is. Is that going to be Cortland Sutton? Is that going to be Tim Patrick? Uh, we'll find out. Then you'll see a Dory Jackson, um, match up on um, probably Jerry Judy, and then that'll leave uh, Josh Jackson or Darnay Holmes for uh, whoever's left. But I'm guessing the biggest one will be Bradbury on the X receiver. Ah, Dory Jackson, good uh, Juniper Sarah kid. I think he was. He, I saw him in Southern California when I was there. Yep. Hell of an athlete. Uh, some some good some good kids down there. Uh, lots of supers coming in, gentlemen and ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Appreciate you. We got a we got a lot to get to. A lot to get to on this, and uh, you know, I saw some my comments about the 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 offensive coordinator and and that type of things. The OC matters. It, it does. It does matter. But if you've got a bad OC, then your quarterback doesn't matter. So let's not worry about Teddy or Drew. <laughs> if you've got a bad offensive coordinator, you're in trouble. Period. Yeah, absolutely. Victor Rios in the house. Alvin Thomas is in the house. Travis, I believe this is stars here. It's good to see Brent Weber is in the house. Can't wait to see some dubs. Same Brent uh, dub. Uh, Weber for W, Shane Daniels, Moran is in the house. It's good to see. It's good to see people. Andrew Lampy also probably coming in here with some stars. And good morning. Not going to bash Teddy, and he has all my support, but Fangio can back to Chicago hopefully sooner rather than later. Can we win a Super Bowl and still fire the coach? Um, I, I don't know if that's ever happened, but um, uh, it's possible. I, the thing is, if you fire Fangio, maybe he's not the best head coach, but you are definitely giving up a – probably one of the best schematic defenses in football and that's not enough to get it done but you hope that Fangio gets it also for the Broncos sake right now with no owner and whatnot you don't want to have to be paying Fangio on top of another coach so uh you know we'll see what happens there but uh I don't think that's gonna happen there's always more money this is the NFL when when NFL teams start talking about losses they mean losses from their profits we only made 100 million this year instead of 150 million so we lost 50 million dollars and then, you know, the press carries their water. It's it's uh, it's kind of funny, actually. There's always money. There's always money if the move needs to be made. Yeah, they could do it, but it might result in not doing some other things. Um, John's in the house. Good morning, y'all. Feels like it's been forever since breakfast, Broncos for breakfast. Well, it is the most important show of each day, right? That's what they say. I'm done. <laughs> Get um, your morning started right. Uh, Gary Leeds Palmer uh, says, to my favorite MHH pod, you guys rock. Gary, you rock. Love you. Thank you so much. Um, good to see Holden Adams is in the house. Uh, we need to get to some of these super chats that I'm scrolling down so I don't miss them. Sorry, guys, if we missed it. The chat has been popping here. Here we go. Richard coming in here with five euros uh, saying. Yeah, you're figuring out the difference between the euro and the pound. If we, if we haven't that. learned anything, it's uh, it's it's my love of international football, learning the difference between the euro and the pound here. So thank you, Richard. Um, coming in. Uh, I'd gamble on Locke might be become a long-term quarterback no matter how unlikely, but Teddy Bridgewater doesn't take us anywhere good in 2021, 2022, or 2023, guaranteed. Uh, talking in some absolutes here, Richard. I'm not sure how I feel about that, uh, given um, what we've seen about Bridgewater versus Locke historically. You know, I've, a lot of people think that 
uh, positive progression uh, happens, you know, the linear growth is going to happen for quarterback every single year. You see them get that much better, that much better. But like how much better has Patrick Mahomes gotten every year? You know, that's not, it's not really the case. It's not every single guy takes leaps and bound growth every year. Um, so uh, what do you have to say to Richard here? Obviously coming in. Uh, one of the questions I had, and honestly, because as much as we've talked to Patrick Sertan, mm-hmm. is if you didn't think Drew Locke could be the guy, did you really need to pass on a quarterback? Again, it goes back to why do you make that move? Because you didn't believe in Mac Jones and Justin Fields. That's that's why you pass on them. Not because it, it, I'm, I'm more convinced that's the reason than any hope put into Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. It's like, we don't want to make this mistake again. We can't use a top 10 pick on a guy who we don't believe in. That that has to be the reason why they passed on those guys, because obviously, if Teddy Bridgewater is your starter over Drew Locke, you still have questions of quarterback. You still have big questions of quarterback. So um, I, I, I've i said at the top of the show, Richard, that if – hell, I said it in April. If Teddy Bridgewater is, is the quarterback and, and beats out Drew Locke, then you're probably drafting a guy in 2022 or going big-time free agent trade acquisition. But you're looking for a new quarterback in 2022, and you'll have a new starter in 2023. Yeah. Nope. It's, that's, I think that's one reason everybody's really upset. And also, we haven't even talked about it, but the, the bar for quarterback play in the AFC West is as high as anywhere in the country or anywhere in the NFL right now with, obviously, Derek Carr, top 12 quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert, a transcending or ascending superstar maybe even and then patrick mahomes the face of the nfl right now so uh it's meanwhile I, take I a look at the nfc south let's take a look at the nfc south i got sam darnold at carolina i got tom brady he may play till he's 90 who knows in tampa and who the hell do we have in new orleans and then i got a 36 year old you know matt ryan in atlanta so Future denver bronco matt ryan <laughs> we, can, we can hit on that a little bit i know i think it was tim durr had a question about his cap hit that I, I can address to if we if we circle back for sure. Um, Jetty splashes is coming in here with five dollars over on YouTube. Looks like he got a nice little picture of a sandpiper there. Um, cute little bird. Um, T or F? Teddy Bridgewater scrambles to make plays while the DL only runs for his life when threatened. Um, I really don't know, but it looks that way. Byron, um, I think that Teddy both of them will make plays, um, but. We can, I'm only going off of last year for Drew Locke. Um, Drew Locke, a lot of times if his first read wasn't there, he would kind of panic and then try to escape the pocket. Now it did not look like that in the very small sample size against backups um, in preseason, but um, he looked like he was hanging in the pocket better. That's growth. They are talking about it this season, so that's great. Um, but I do think that Teddy Bridgewater is more methodical with his scrambling. And uh, he will, if he sees something there, if his reads aren't there and he sees you know, he can pick up five yards, he'll do that. When we talk about mobility, we usually talk about runners, and that's not the right way to look at it. If you want to see who's going to be the most effective, look at guys who are mobile within the pocket, shuffle three yards, shuffle wide, come back in and out, and they're able to navigate that traffic within the pocket and have good mobility. You, you saw the best of, of maybe of all time that was able to do it in, in Peyton Manning. You know, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning can't run anywhere, but he could navigate. He had good footwork and could navigate a pocket and have good mobility. Teddy Bridgewater at one point in his career was a phenomenal runner, but he still has good enough feet in order to navigate the pocket and keep his eyes downfield. The guys that are the most effective with their mobility are the ones that run to set up a throw instead of just run to run. Uh, You know, a broken play is no basis for an offense. A guy that can extend a play and make a play downfield is is going to be very effective. Uh, And and I I think we saw a little bit more of that from Drew in the preseason, and that's Mm -hmm. part of the 
progression, but maybe he's not quite there yet, which is yeah. is what we're looking for. I mean, you've seen it with uh, thanks, Jetty. Yeah, thank you very much. And we've seen it with, uh, to your point, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. They use their Aaron's a freak. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is a freak. The first time, I feel like one of his breakout games was a, was a divisional playoff game against the Falcons the year before they played. The Falcons were 12 and, 12 and 4, number one pick down in Atlanta. Packers didn't punt. They, they hung 50 on the Falcons. What'd they do? They traded three picks, so five picks away and drafted a wide receiver. That's a different conversation. But Aaron Rodgers was making throws on the run that if you and I were playing Madden online, I'd be calling you a glitch. You know, I'm like, there's no, you can't make those throws. Aaron Rodgers is a freak of nature that what he can do on the run is unreal. Yeah. And uh, create explosive plays. Use the athleticism to buy time to create broken plays. That leads to those chunk yards. Uh, Franklin Peterson coming in with $10 over on YouTube uh, saying, in my humble opinion, any coach who compares Teddy to Tom in any facet of the game loses all credibility when it comes to choosing who should be the starting quarterback. Go Broncos. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't want to compare anybody to Tom Brady. You know, for me, it was like when I was doing recruiting and, you know, every five foot eleven white kid's dad in middle class suburbia comparing his son to Tom Brady uh, to uh, Drew Brees. You know, there's there's Drew Brees uh, is one in a million, 10 million, 100 million at his size and the way he can throw the ball. And Tom Brady is one of the things that makes him so great is there doesn't look to be anything overly special about him except mm. the results. You know, he doesn't have a huge arm. He's not overly fast. But, man, he just he gets the ball where it needs to be and he gets his team in the right position. He wins and he, he just always wins. So, yeah, I don't I don't see a whole lot of reason to compare people to Tom Brady either. Yeah, I mean, an outlier, right? That's uh, that's what it is. Mark Anthony coming in here with the four ninety nine super over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Mark. Um, he says I was rooting for Drew, but if but if he was it, he should have beat Teddy. I support two gloves and really hope the fan base gets less toxic. Time to win. Um, and that's yeah, that's like everybody's talking about. When you see what happened with Josh Allen in his third year. If Drew out, if Drew Locke made that Josh Allen third year leap, we would know right now. It wouldn't, the work, the progress, the growth would have happened in the off season and it would have come into training camp and it would have been like, whoa, and, this guy and, is and, killing it. And it's okay to be upset for Drew and still support yeah. Teddy. You know, yeah. that's fine. Teddy is an extremely likable guy to have on your team. Hating on Teddy Bridgewater for who he is would be like hating on Warwick Dunn who builds houses for homeless people. I mean, he's a yeah. wonderful human being. He's a Denver Bronco. He's easy to support. You don't have to be happy with the decision. That's That's something completely different. But... Drew, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is an easy, easy man to root for on your football team. I promise you. Yeah. And if he was like, you know, like somebody like Tyree kill out there and he beat out Drew Locke, I'd be, I'd be upset about it. You know, like that wouldn't be. Yeah. Great, I mean, but, it, uh, but Chad Kelly, you know, yeah, <laughs> there's, oh, yeah, guys, there's guys you just don't, you know, like, oh, man, I don't want to root for this guy. He's an ass. Scott, no. I'm glad you were not here for the chad kelly era of uh, covering the broncos i, I might have been able more. to put some levity in it because like i told you before yeah. you know chad kelly was one of those guys that we voted most likely to get his ass kicked by his teammates coming out of high school he just yeah he was bad news yeah uh, trevor sandoval coming in here good morning fellas good to see you trevor also mark uh put a, a addendum on his uh super saying i forgot to say my super y'all the best pod ever uh best cure for grogginess and, and hangovers well uh yeah, as long as I think that might be the coffee, there might be some uh, confounding variables in there. But uh, we appreciate you, Mark. That's really nice of no, you to say. And I say it's you, it's you guys, it's it's all of y'all to get me going in the morning, man. It, it, at nine fifteen, I'm like, uh, I'm not sure, I'm not ready, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready to do this. 
And then once we get going, man, I love I love Broncos for breakfast. So it, it's y'all to help me get going in the morning for sure. Scott Squires coming in with the stars, I believe, here. So thank you very much, Scott. Good to see you. J Ross 777 coming in, 499 super over on YouTube. Uh J, J Ross says. What would you consider a successful season with Bridgewater at the helm? Me personally, it would be making the playoffs and having at least one playoff win. Um, I mean, I think you, you took my answer there, Jay Ross. That's probably about it. Honestly, for me, it's uh, let's get above five. Let's get double digit wins. That's number one. And let's say let's if you match up and lose a playoff game and it's a close one, but you got double digit wins, you know, that's going to happen. You're probably not winning the division. Um, probably was not winning the division with any of the quarterbacks that you have. So Teddy or Drew, whatever, doesn't matter there. Um, and uh, getting one playoff win, that would be great. Uh, not a guarantee, but um, just get in. Double digit wins, get in the playoffs, and uh, after that, one game at a time, we'll go. We'll go as far as we go. I think. I think when we went through our uh, our Ross, our schedule projections when the schedule first came out, I think I had eleven and six. That's not about right. 11 and six, maybe. I don't think I went as high as 12 and five, no. but I think I won 11 and six. That should get you in the playoffs. 11 and mm-hmm. six in the playoffs. And then who knows? You know, then you just never know. The way this defense plays, you protect the ball, run the ball, play some defense, get it. To, then, then I'll take my chances with this team. This is going to be a good football team. Yeah, it is. It should be a really good football team. Now, um, is this going to Teddy Bridgewater and winning with a stacked young, young rookie contract offense and a great defense, a sustainable model of winning. No, we know that uh, you defenses tend to, you know, regress to the mean pretty quickly because it's dependent on depth and guys be not injured and whatnot. You know, we'll see the Broncos regress defensively probably next year. Um, but you hopefully see some growth from the quarterback position. And uh, you know, we're right now we're focused on 2021 and this team has a chance to, be as good as any team the Broncos have had since they won the Super Bowl. So Bardo must be about my age because I remember the drive. Uh, I was born in Akron, Ohio, a suburb of Cleveland, uh, and uh, and all my family was there, so we were all watching. And that one didn't that one didn't hurt as bad as the fumble. The mm-hmm. fumble was like, are you kidding? It's like there was a sense of inevitability with John Elway on the drive. You know, you just kind of knew you're Cleveland Browns. I mean, come on. It's like yeah. it's the only thing worse. Being a Falcons fan and a born, I said being a Cleveland board Atlanta fan, you're you're pretty cynical. <laughs> you don't expect much. So I grew up, and then the next year, the fumble with Ernest Biner was the like, you've got to be kidding me. That one was even that one was even tougher. The drive, you you could see that coming, you know. And again, that was that wasn't big plays. That was John Elway, just ten yards a pop, twelve yards here, fifteen yards here, and then boom, score. Matriculate the ball down the field, right? Uh, that was the late and great Hank, Hank Stram. I think that, that ball started on the three. I mean, he it was yeah, a it was a the two. Yeah, I mean, I was I was just inside the five is what I remember. Yeah. It was it was tight. That was a, that was that was definitely the drive. That there was there's was no hype about that one. That one counts. Absolutely, Bardo though five dollars super saying, "Hey guys, I've been a Broncos fan since the drive. Love your show. I'm just praying for a great season. I think Drew still has a chance in the NFL. All the above. Good comment, Bardo. Um, you're hit the nail on the head. I agree with everything you had to say there. Um, let me see. We got some more supers coming in here. Scrolling, scrolling. Sensing scrolling. a pattern from Jeremy. Jeremy Sean is uh. I don't think he's all that happy with the decision. <laughs> he's just ready I think for. Uh, I did a control F on checkdown. Jeremy had come up about fifty times. So, yeah, I think uh, Jeremy, we love you. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I think I think you'll be pleasantly if that if you set your expectations that low. There's no only one way to go is up. 
but I think you'll be pleasantly surprised in uh, in the effectiveness that Teddy Bridgewater can run this offense. Yeah, and uh, Keith coming in here saying, I truly hope the lock talk disappears as quickly as the Lindsay talk. Move forward. Um, I feel what you're saying here, Keith, but uh, Lindsay went on and signed a contract with a new team. Locke is still here, so uh, probably not going away until either Locke is on a different team or uh, Bridgewater's just so good and his offense is so good that uh, people are like, oh, you know, like maybe we'll see what Locke can do next year moving on, but uh, we're happy with where we are right now. That's that's the dream, right? That's what you're hoping for. John D. Herrera coming in here saying, uh, do you think they demote Fangio to D coach instead of firing him? Just feel like we need a coach who is good on both sides of the ball. Has that ever happened? Guys don't take demotions. They take their payouts and they go get a new job. Yep. Yeah, they don't they don't take demotions. That doesn't happen. If uh, if he is removed as head coach, he will no longer be a Denver Bronco. That would totally change like the power dynamics and stuff too of the team. I just yeah, I don't think that's Well, a new guy coming in doesn't want somebody looking over their shoulder. You know, I mean that's you know, that's doesn't happen. Yeah. The only time that has ever happened is in, if you have an interim head coach. You know, maybe he stays on as a, as a coordinator, as an assistant, something like that, as a placeholder, but not a uh, not a not a full time head coach. They don't take demotions. They might take a demotion to another team, but not within an organization. You know, we've seen guys that are fired head coaches end up becoming uh, coordinators somewhere else, but uh, not not the uh, not the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. And Phoebe's got a question here for you. Good morning, Phoebe. Uh, says my ex is from England and he taught me to love England soccer. Is that my favorite London team stadium, Stamford Bridge? It is. I took this picture in uh, in December or late November of 2019 before lockdown. I took my dad over to Stamford Bridge in London, and uh, I'm a I'm a big Chelsea fan. When when our football turned into work, and you can't really be a, as big a fan, or you just stop being as big a fan because you're 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 working on things and you're you're. It becomes fire. a job. I poured my fandom into uh, into into international football, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you for the comment, and uh, go Chelsea. Um, Gears Gains Games coming in with a $2 super over on YouTube. Uh, good morning, fellas. Go Broncos. Thank you very much, Gears Gains Games. Um, that's a tongue twister if I ever saw one, but uh, you know, God bless. Andrew Baker also coming in with looks like the, the stars here. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew's always very, very supportive. And helpful. Um, also said here, morning guys, enjoying coffee in Omaha, Omaha, Omaha this morning, but heading home soon. Denver Broncos for life. At least the QB drama is settled for now. Um, it's kind of like a, uh, a fire when you put it out, right? Like the Vic Fangio yesterday put a big old uh, bucket of water on the fire, but there's still some embers in there. And uh, if you leave, if you leave it sitting there, or, you know, don't tend to it or make sure that it's safe. Um, you could see some sparks, uh, some flames raised back up. So, uh, it's settled for now, but the, the keyword the, operator the first three and out, you're going to hear it again. It's 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 oh. not calm. <laughs> anything but calm. It's you know, like I think that was a good uh, a good analogy. It's it's smoldering under there. All it's going to take is just a couple of sticks, and it's going to go poof. But we we've said that all year. We've said that for months on this show that this quarterback talk doesn't end. It's it's not going to end. Nope. The first time that either of these quarterbacks goes out there and struggles, it's going to crank right back up again. Um, and we said at the top of the show, this isn't the end for Drew Locke. It, this, yeah. It's not. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, what does he want to do? Does he see, does he want to push for a trade? You know, is that something that he wants to do is say, listen, if I'm not going to be the starter here, if you're going to take this guy who finished 22nd, you know, and has been all over the place. And then, you know, maybe I'd be better off somewhere else. You know, what is, what does he want to do? He's got two years left on his contract. Um, you know, that could be the next question too. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Trevor coming in here saying, uh, Nick and Scott, what's next for Drew? Trade? What do you say? Um, and I was actually talking with somebody about this yesterday. I can't remember who it was, um, but there's no reason to trade Drew. You mm-hmm. have a two years of control guy who has solid uh, experience in the NFL who and a quarterback uh, in Teddy Bridgewater who's had injury history and a coach who's on a hot seat. Unless somebody's offering me like a fourth round pick and like a 2023, I was going to say more on top of that, like a fourth round pick and then like a 2023 fifth or a conditional pick that could be like a fourth or fifth. Like It's got to be more than that because you, you can't get a backup quarterback for a fourth and a fifth round. Now you've got at worst, at worst, a really good backup quarterback for two years. Cheap. Yeah, and cheap, cheap, cheap. too. You know, his, 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 his cash money is about a million five over the next two years. His cap hits two. He's cheap. Yeah. You've, you're going to, at worst case, you've got one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league for two years. Yeah. In order to get pry him away from me, you're, you're looking at minimum a second round. You're talking about guys that, you know, when you start, when you start seeing some of these deals that go, go out there, you know, what did the Jets give up for for a get for Sam Darnold, who was on a massive contract that the Carolina Panthers are going to pay forty million dollars to? You know, and I still think he they got a second round for him. Yeah, you know, this is a guy who's every bit as good as Sam Darnold, and for ten percent of the money, you you better send me more than a, a fourth and a conditional fifth if you're going to take him off of my team. I, I'd rather have him unless he pushes for a trade, unless he's saying, you know, yeah. he. he his head goes down, his shoulders go down, and he becomes a prop. But I don't, I don't see that happening with Drew. There's just some mystique around Sam Darnold in the league that uh, he was going to get more because of that third overall. <laughs> that, pick. that usually brushes off after the second deal. Team, yeah. You know, yep. look at Josh Rosen. Yep. The Dolphins sent pick. the Dolphins sent a number one uh, for Josh Rosen. Now you can put, you, was it a two? Yeah. I thought it, okay. I thought it was. I thought they sent him a one. Okay, but it was a two again. At least a two. Mm-hmm. And you know, still, and he was on a lot more money than than uh, yeah. than than Locke is. Now you're you're getting him off waiver wire. You know, after yeah. after the second move, now you're picking him up off of waivers. So you know, th- this is this is Sam Darnold's last last crack at it in Carolina before he starts becoming a cheap journeyman. Yep, I agree with you. I I think I'd ask for a three, but if somebody offered me some, like, and also. The way I'm looking at the quarterback class right now, if I'm in charge of a team, I am accumulating 2023 picks like crazy. 2022, not for me. 2023 looks like it's going to have some good quarterbacks. Um, so that's where I'm looking right now. And if I can get extra picks for 2023 versus 2022, I know uh, delayed gratification there, but uh, I would I would try to uh, accumulate those instead of 2022 um, if I was in charge. But yeah, that you you made the point. I don't think anybody's going to. Somebody will probably offer you like a fifth for Drew Lock, and you'd be like, okay, well he has way more value on this team right here, right now, because, um, A, everybody's on the hot seat. Like, a lot of teams, if your quarterback goes down, your season is sunk. You're done. You know, pack it up. We'll see you next year. That's not going to be the case for the Broncos, and that's really important for a team that has so many people that are on the hot seat. So, uh, unless, like you said, unless Drew comes out and demands a trade or, like, is toxic in the locker room, um, then, you know, you, you hold on to him, and you still have that in your back pocket where, you know, he does have that upside. He does have that youth. He has two years of control. Um, and if, uh, let's say this Broncos team falls off the rails, if uh, Teddy Bridgewater struggles, Vic Fangio falls on that sword and the Bronco and, uh, George Payton fires him. Then the next coach comes in and like, listen, we're going to give the kid a shot to see what happens the rest of the season. And, uh, we'll reevaluate from there. Um, that's certainly that's, that could happen. So I don't think there's a reason to trade drew lock unless somebody offers you something that's, uh, substantial. Um, I don't think, I think asking for a two, you wouldn't get much calls 
for, um, given the league perception of Drew Locke. Um, but I, there's also a reason not to uh, not to just give him up to give him up. Now, the, now the way that he he does end up get traded, you know, not that he's going to be, but let's just yeah. speak hypothetically. You know, we we talked, we you and I talked about this. I think, um, I, I think that your site even ran it. Mile High Huddle even ran it. But you know, the Bleacher Report Gridiron, you know, they had that proposed trade for this year for two firsts and Drew Locke for Matt Ryan. Okay, that's financially impossible to happen this year because this year Matt Ryan would be a sixty million dollar dead cap hit. And the the Falcons can't afford that. They can't they can't take on a sixty million dead cap number. So next year after June first, that number could drop to twenty, and it included two firsts and Drew Locke. Now, why you would trade Drew Locke then is because mm-hmm. the other team needs a quarterback, and you've got one that can go and be a fill in while they use those first round picks in order to try and get their quarterback of the future. But as far as you're trading him for another draft pick, no, he's he's much more valuable as a, a player on your team, uh, as, a, as at worst, a very good second-round cheap sec, uh, backup quarterback. So but that's the only way I could see it happen. And that that could become feasible next year. You know, I said, Bleacher Report's crazy trade idea isn't so crazy if you fast-forward a year and the Broncos are out of the Aaron Rodgers race. Teddy Bridgewater is not the long-term, even the short-term answer to yeah. move this team towards the Super Bowl. Who else is out there? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a pretty good quarterback. And, uh, you know, if the Falcons are in the midst of their rebuild, they might be willing to make a move for him. But there's no way it's impossible for that to happen this year. Yeah, I would be I would be OK with uh, Matt Ryan for sure. I think the most likely not the most likely, but I think the Broncos will refocus themselves. Let's say Teddy struggles and there's a chance uh, Poopy and Hippo come in and here saying, is there a chance that Teddy at 28 will be the quarterback for a while? I think a lot of it uh, comes down to uh, what his contract demands are as well. Like I'm not looking to pay him what the Panthers paid him. He's somebody who I'd like to give him, you know, a lower tier starter money. And then I'm like, listen, Teddy, you know, you're, you're getting paid still compared to normal people, a good chunk of money and we can build a good team around you, but I'm not looking to invest in you like the Panthers did. I'm just, I don't see him as that level of quarterback um, on the cheap. Hell yes. Sign me up that you can build a good team around him then. And uh, he can be the, uh, the trailer, not the truck, right? Uh, the, the team around him can take him where you want yeah. to go. Yeah, let's pretend he was picked up in an emergency and the, the Saints didn't have Drew Brees. And you extrapolate that 5-0 and across the season, and let's say and he's not going to go undefeated. But, you know, if, if he leads that team to a 12-4 and record um, and, and Drew Brees is gone, then, yeah, you, you're bringing him back. He's going he's gonna to yeah. be there again. So he's going to get his chance now. Say yeah. he goes 12-5, and 11-6. and six. I probably want to give him another shot. And he is only 28 years old. So we can win games. We can build some more pieces around him and we can keep going with Teddy Bridgewater. We've got a playoff team with him. Um, And then maybe we draft a quarterback, you know, to maybe replace him in a year or so, but it's not as much of a panic move where we have to have a quarterback in 2023 because we've got a guy that we're winning a lot of football games with. So it's possible, um, but a lot of it depends on the record this year. You yeah. go out and throw a 12 and five up and a, and a good playoff run under Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. He, he can play quarterback for a few years at Denver for sure. Yeah. And we got Sam King coming in here saying, really folks think the D plus Teddy is enough to get us in the playoffs. Surely you jest. Well, Sam, I got a few, a uh, few anecdotes for you. Uh, Blake Bortles and the Jaguars, uh, Tyrod Taylor and the bills and Mitchell Trubisky and the bears. If you have a good enough team around the quarterback and the quarterback isn't constantly shooting your team in the foot, um, and putting them in bad situations, that's enough to get you in the playoffs, especially and maybe and the AFC West is so tough. Like I'm not saying winning the division because obviously the Chiefs and Chargers are an ascending team with a great young quarterback. 
Um, but there are seven playoff spots now in each conference. So uh, as long as Teddy isn't out there killing you on offense and you don't have a rash of injuries, that should be enough to get in the playoffs. There, if you're hanging around, if you're hanging around 500, you're in the playoff race. Yes. You know, we've seen teams under this format get into the playoffs with a losing record, which just kills me. I, I just, I hate the, I hate that. Um, you know, it, to me, it cheapens the regular season and makes so casuals only watch, uh, you know, playoffs, but that's a different conversation. But yeah, I, I think this team, again, we, we didn't know who was going to win the quarterback position. And you and I both came up with the same record. I'm pretty sure it was 11 and six. I'm pretty sure we both said 11 and six. You, you're even more cynical than me. So you I may said have said 10 and, and seven. I said nine. But and 10 eight. and seven gets this team in the playoffs. Um, I think nine and eight good. And, and the, the teams that you mentioned, you, you mentioned all defense, but did they have the offensive weapons that the Broncos are going to be able to throw out this year? They, you know, no. A pair of really good running backs, no, the receiver really. core, we can list them again. Um, at least a one good tight end, maybe more. So, you know, the, the the weapons that they can go out there, it's, it's you know, just don't go out and lose this this game, quarterback, and, and we're going to be in every game we play. A couple of them fall our way, two of them fall your way. Instead of eight and eight, now you're, well, nine and eight. Instead of nine and eight, now you're eleven and six. You know, yep. a couple of breaks. Yep, absolutely. Um, we got Andrew Andy Cowick coming in with a five dollar super over on YouTube. Teddy is a point guard surrounded by good yak weapons. Couple that with a great defense, and yes, I think there's a chance. And uh, Andy, I think has been listening to the show because uh, that's that sounds familiar. I, I agree with you completely. Um, you got KJ Hamler, you got Jerry Judy, you got Noah Fant. Um, you got Melvin Gordon also, who's actually a pretty good receiver out of the backfield. Um, I know that people are like, oh, the check down's bad. The check down means that the other stuff wasn't available or open and you went to it. And as long, as long as you're getting there in time, in space, and you can get the ball to the guy in the right spot, like throwing it. Yak is a quarterback stat. If you're getting the ball to the guy where he can do stuff after the catch with a head of steam, that can make an offense, um, not only great for this team because of how good the defense is in playing complimentary football, but those guys can take a five yard gain and make it 50 yards. I mean, Broncos country, how quickly do we forget the 2013 Broncos under Peyton Manning, all those uh, bubble screens to Demarius Thomas taken off like a goddamn horse, 70 yards down the field from a little just horizontal pass. And he's gone. You know, like you can get easy yards that create explosive plays. If you have the guys around you that can do that. And I, th- I think the Broncos do have those guys. That's unfortunately how the Falcons use Julio Jones, which is why he was always so beat up. You know, yeah. they'd use him as a running back quick screen, you know, and he, he'd have eight, eight, he'd get down at the end of a drive and have six catches for 70 yards. And then he'd be gassed on the sidelines and not yeah. get a touchdown. Um, but yes. And again, there's multiple weapons. You can use six guys like that with, under, with, with underneath, but you know, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. You get court. I always going to want to say his name, right? You get Cortland Sutton yeah. up the line on a streak. It doesn't take a rocket arm to loft one down 40, 40 yards and let him go up and get it. You know, you don't want to do that over the middle, but when you're going to the sidelines, a fade route to stretch the defense, a streak up the sidelines is an easy throw for any NFL quarterback to get the ball downfield. If you get yeah. single coverage on a post route, all of these guys can find that can, can make that throw too. You don't need to, have, yep. you don't, you don't need to have a Brett Favre, John Elway arm to stretch a defense. No, you don't. especially if the play action is working, especially if you got your running game going. And that's something I want to get to as well at some point is talking about the offensive line. Now that's like the biggest difference maker for me on this team. Like we know the quarterback that's set for right now, but the offensive line, I feel like has the largest air bar and could really take this team one way or another, depending on how they play. 
But uh, I want to get to Jacob's comment here. Um, do we even know how good the defense is? All the speculation, but we haven't even started the season yet. Um, we won't know until we know, Jacob. On paper, they look really good. Um, and luckily, they play three rookies or, you know, unproven quarterbacks out of the gate, which will help them uh, immensely um, early season. But, um, you know, you hope that they're going to be top five. Should, should be top five. You hope they're going to be top three. But they could be, you know, top ten, and that that would not be good enough. In my opinion, that would probably not be good enough with Teddy Bridgewater um, in this season because also I think the offensive line right now, the way it's looked, is probably going to be average. I was hoping for a top 12 offensive line. I think it's probably going to be more likely in that like 14 to 18 range. Um, but, the, you know, how good is this defense? It better be good. And uh, if it's not, also, this is another thing. If it's not, Vic Fangio is gone, right? Like you're you're bringing him in and he's having issue issues, right? Like lack of faith in the, the fan base uh, with the head coach. He hasn't won a game in September yet. He hasn't had a top three defense yet. Now he has excuses. The Broncos were playing street safeties at cornerback last year to end the season. That's not even hyperbole. It's reality. Um, but they invested heavily in the defense this year. They invested heavily in Vic Fangio. He has to go out there and put out a top three defense this year, or he's probably gone. There's talent and depth and competition at virtually every position. And that's a good thing. Now it's up. Now it's up to your coaches to scheme. Uh, it's up to your offense to protect your defense a little bit. It doesn't matter how good your defense is if, if they're on the wrong side of three and outs and bad field position because of turnovers. Um, and again, that helps play into why Teddy Bridgewater is, is might be getting the nod is to help protect that defense a little bit, moving the ball, uh, field position, running game. It might not be the world's – you know, it's not going to be the greatest show on turf by any stretch of the imagination, but you know what? One of my all-time favorite teams is the 92 Alabama Crimson Tide. If you watch those guys play defense and chew out running game and beat teams, it was pretty fun to watch. I appreciate that way that that line of playing. But um, you know, so I'm looking. For, I, I like this style that is setting up for the Denver Broncos. I like running game. I like play action. I like good defenses. I like uh, Von Miller and Bradley Chum coming off the edge with their hair on fire. I like Patrick Sertan roaming in a free position to take advantage of panicked quarterbacks who are under fire. I'm, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for September 12th. Yeah, no, absolutely. I want to get to uh, Barack Nassi's comment here. I'm um, saying the Broncos are happy with an eight and eight record. Uh, you mean probably nine and eight or eight and nine, um, given the, the change in this, the schedule this year, 17 games. Um, it seems every year get lazy in the draft when we should be swinging for the fences every year. We're passive when we need to be going hard. Um, I feel like a lot of people right now are where I was after the Broncos passed on Justin Fields at the quarterback position, thinking like, oh man, we're going to be back here a year from now talking about the quarterback position. I had hope for Aaron Rodgers still then, but uh, you know, I, I, I have empathy for those fans right now that feel a little bit of despair um, for, you know, the inevitability of the uh, Broncos team um, at quarterback, but um, you know, focus on this year, excited about the team right now. Um, but uh, I don't know if they're that they're being that passive. I will say though, that you do have a little bit of a, a push and pull when it comes to the goals of this team. With Vic Fangio, with a lot of this coaching staff, it seems like there's very much a one-year focus right now, which is fine, and those guys are kind of going for their job, but uh, that's not what you want from your general manager and the team's health as a whole. So um, it could be it could be an issue down the line, but um, like I said, once Justin Fields is passed, and I know I've said a 100 times on here, guys, I, I'm not over it yet. I say I'm over it. I'm not over it. Um, but uh, that's when you can, I kind of shift, shifted my focus to 2021, the best team possible in 2021. And I hopefully everybody can get on board with that because I think that's going to result in the most enjoyment and happiness for this team this year. 
Well, I've, I've been enjoying reading the comments too. And, and King of the North is a, uh, is a Minnesota Vikings fan that has found us. So welcome. Cause he's uh he's been very cordial and very supportive of Teddy Bridgewater and, and kind of like me, uh, King of the North, or should we just call you Jon Snow? Um, actually who was it? It was, uh, Rob. I would say Rob. Rob. He didn't last very long. You might, you might get, you might get red wedding in here too. Um, but, uh, you know, they, I, I'm a, I was a little worried. I was like, am I allowed to be happy with the reaction for, for Teddy Bridgewater to, to Teddy Bridgewater's group? But frankly, I was going to be happy with whoever the quarterback was because I know that whoever wins a quarterback job, it meant that it was going to be a better – better. It's, we're going to see better quarterback play from the Denver Broncos than we did last year. I, I guaranteed. Yeah. Um, so, again – I just went through it. I won't go through it all again. All the reasons why I'm excited to watch this team. And I'm looking forward to watching Teddy play for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. And thank you very much, King of the North. Looks like he's rocking a uh, Houston Oilers image there, though. So I'm not sure uh, what's up with that. But um, thank you for coming in. Um, Keith coming in saying, if he passed on last, I would Lance, I would have been upset. Wasn't sold on fields. Uh, sounds like the Broncos weren't sold on fields also. So uh, that's where we are. I also think that the Broncos thought that um, – I really do. This is the only thing that makes sense in my head. I think they might have taken fields, um, but there was all this all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers stuff going on here. It's like, oh, my God, wait a second. We can get Aaron Rodgers and our favorite player, defensive player in the draft in Patrick, uh, Patrick Sertan the second. Let's do that. I mean, Justin Fields might be great, but like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Sertan. God bless. We can win a Super Bowl this year with that. So uh, that kind of changed. And uh, I think that. Aaron Rodgers is still a possibility for next year. If not, then you start to go down the list. I mean, I've seen um, somebody in here has been talking about options. Uh, Lil Yell 69. Um, here we go. Uh, he's mentioned a couple times here. Uh, thoughts on big time quarterback trade in the offseason. Kyler, Jimmy G, Russ, maybe Minshew. Um, there's also Kirk Cousins. There's Matt Ryan. There's Aaron Rodgers. I think uh, Kyler Murray won't be traded. I would be interested, though, if he was available. Uh, Jimmy G, no thanks. Russell Wilson, I would love. I don't think he's interested in Denver. Minshew, I'd be okay with. I just don't think Minshew is the, I'm very afraid of Minshew with the cult of personality because he's a very funny guy. And I don't think that his uh, <laughs> fan, the people like him for stuff outside of football. And I don't want that to be the case when it comes it to the contract. Sounds like you should have been a pitcher. Yeah. You know, yes. you, you, you win 20 in the show and the press will call you colorful, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, ugh, Jeremy means- gets that one. Jer- Jeremy always gets my, my, my movie references. Okay, there, uh, and also King of the North saying it's the Roughnecks, the XFL. So there you go. That's I thought that logo looked familiar. Um, but uh, yeah, and people talking about Teddy Bridgewater here. So um, yeah, guys, we're up in an hour now. Unless any other super chats come in, we're probably going to start to wrap it up. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater, starting quarterback for the Broncos, week one. Um, this isn't the end for Drew Locke in Denver right now. Maybe it is the end for Drew Locke as a franchise quarterback. I mean, we've seen uh, Albert Breer who is as connected as anyone in um, the NFL saying that the Broncos are now a team probably looking at the quarterback market in 2022, along with the team like the uh, gosh, who was the giants were a team like that. The Eagles were a team like that. The lions were a team like that. So um, it's a, uh, it's unfortunate in that regard, but this is a team that's ready to win right now. Teddy Bridgewater is in a great situation and this team is going to have a, uh, a lot of good wins and an easier schedule. So there's going to be good football and there's going to be meaningful football after Halloween, which is something we haven't had in a while in Denver. So uh, I'm really excited for that. I'm excited to not be cheering for, you know, cheering for the young guys to do good. And then like if the Broncos win telling myself, well, you know, it's okay. Higher draft pick. 
I'm tired of that. Uh, you know, it's, that's 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 just me trying to make the best of a situation. I'm not here for it anymore. Not this season. This team is going to be fun. They're going to win some games. Yeah, you, you just as soon trade those picks and have a really boring draft day because you traded your picks for a veteran that just won you, got you into the, the AFC Championship game. That's Absolutely. okay, too. Yep. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Um, but uh, we'll see how it turns out. Um, but, guys, that's going to do it for us today on Broncos for Breakfast. You can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Uh, you guys can follow us also on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod and, <clears throat> excuse me, at Mile High Huddle. Running out, we're running out of voice. We got to get going. <laughs> Too much coffee. Um, uh, no such thing. I need I need the IV next time. Maybe next time I'll just right behind me. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, follow us also on Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Um, while you guys are there, make sure you click the the thumbs up, the like reacts. We got Tim Durr with the wow, DeAndre Witherspoon with the care react. Damon Gillian with the angry. I don't know if it's about Teddy Bridgewater there, um, but uh, a bunch of other reacts here. So if you guys haven't done so yet on Facebook or YouTube, click the thumbs up. That helps us a bunch. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, also subscribe, like, and share. Click that little bell. It should be in one of the corners there. I think that one right there. Um, and if you guys do that, that can let you know when we go live. Um, and that's really helpful when um, somebody, I won't name any names, but when somebody doesn't make the chat uh, beforehand um, or the, the stream beforehand. Uh, so that way you're still going to get the notification when something goes live. That's something new going on. Um, even if it wasn't made except five minutes before the show goes live. Um, while you guys are over on YouTube, also make sure you check out Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um, obviously a lot of stuff going on there. He'll probably pull a few clips from this one today. Just, uh, what he's interested in. Um, and, uh, anything else new going on there right now? Uh, I just got a, a bold prediction. Drew lock is going to kill it this weekend. Kill it. It's going to have a monster Ooh. game and we're going to have a lot more angst and, uh, and, and some, some fire next Tuesday when we're back for Broncos for breakfast. Ah, uh, man, Scott, I, I'm really conflicted with that one. I I'll just say, I'm, I'm going to turn, tune out the noise. I'm going to tune out the noise on that one. And I'm going to be like, you know what? That's great. I want Drew Locke to kill it this weekend. Because- I, I, I got, I, like I said, I got news for you. The, the talk about the quarterbacks, it ain't slowing down. It's not going to slow down until God forbid there's an injury or someone owns this job. Otherwise, yeah. it's it's gonna it's gonna keep going. Yep, absolutely. Um, we also let's say hello to everybody coming in here. Um, refreshing show beats the hell out of other free for alls and other chats. Um, well, gl- glad you like it, Dave. But every show has different flavors. I'm just glad you guys can find a little uh, safe haven here, um, for some hope calmer voices prevail. Right? Not not feeding the rage machine today. Not today. Maybe sometimes. Not today. DBA, did you miss it? Uh, yep, you did. We're finishing up, but we'll see you later. EJ coming in, great show, guys. Smash the thumbs up. Go Broncos. Uh, DBL saying hello, goodbye, everyone. Have a good one. Go Broncos. Uh, Mike Woodward also coming in. I missed it. Damn, I'll, I'll like and leave. Thank you, guys. Be like Mike. Um, we'll see. Hey, you later. I, and, and guys, I go back through the comments afterwards. Um, you know, so if there's a question, if you have a question about anything that we said or some clarification or something that sounded idiotic that I'd like to explain more, I'll, I go back through these comments if you're watching on demand. Uh, a lot of time, you know, we had a bunch. The last last show, there's like 50 comments in there. there. There wasn't much to respond to. But if you have something there, I go through them. So, you know, I, I say a lot of stuff that can sound stupid. So uh, let me explain. Let me explain. My, let me explain myself why it sounds so stupid, at least. Yeah, uh, I find that tends to be the case for me on Twitter because I am not short winded. And 140 characters just doesn't, or whatever, 240 <laughs> characters just doesn't do it. Sometimes, That's okay. even with the expanded 260, no one reads yeah. past 120 anyway. I know. God damn it. I know. Um, Keith coming in here with a really nice comment. Best pod I found. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you, Keith. That's really, really nice. Jeremy Sean. Thanks, guys. Great show. <laughs> uh, Kaylee on green. Yo. 
Good to see you, Kaylin. Uh, Tim Durr, love the pod. Have a good day. You have a good day as well. Chris Beeston coming in. Good show as usual. Thanks, guys. Michael Ronquillo, good to see you, Michael. Great show today for on Broncos for Breakfast. Uh, go Broncos. CC, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Um, and uh, let me see. U.S. Dave, that guy doesn't even get a shout-out when it's mentioned. I'm not sure what you're talking about there, U.S. Dave, but uh, love you. Uh, <laughs> stay safe. And, uh, yeah, guys, I um, also want to give a shout out to everybody who contributed today. I'm sure we missed, um, some of the stars, but we'll get to, I'll do the best I can. I think Travis Weber was in the house. Andrew Lampy was in the house. Gary Leeds Palmer was in the house. Um, I'll thank you guys very much. Also, there was a Richard. Oh gosh, Scott, I, this is a German last name. I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher the hell out of this. Uh, Richard, I got, uh, looks like Bisoncotter. Richard Bisoncotter. That's I'll go with that. I see Coulter. that might be the long, the, the, O the, O might be long Richard Bisoncotter. Okay. Let's, let's go with that. I, I like it. Uh, Jetty splash was in the house. Obviously Travis Weber, Franklin Peterson, Mark Anthony, J Ross 77 came in twice. Bardo <laughs> tripper, uh, John D Herrera gears gains games, Andrew Baker, Andy Cowick. Thank you guys so much for coming in today. Um, and, uh, supporting us, supporting the show. Obviously, like I've said many times, we weren't sure. Also, Trevor Sandoval, I think, or Sandal came in with the superstars as well. But like we said, we weren't sure if uh, how viable a morning show would be with everything going on. But you guys have been, the response has been resounding. Um, you guys have been super supportive. And uh, we're going to keep the ball rolling here as long as you guys are, you know, giving it that uh, push for that forward momentum. So what a, what a big day on Tuesday. The, yeah, the, the show on Tuesday matched, uh, was pretty close to the evening show, which I think is as far as overall views on YouTube, which has yeah. got to be encouraging. I'm encouraged by it. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, I set my expectations really low so that, that, that there's only upside. Yep, absolutely. Well, we love you all guys.